Honestly, like I know I sound like a broken record, but what I just said is that that community atmosphere and being able to share my stories and my thoughts and being able to hear other people's stories and their thoughts about just uh, anything fishing. And, you know, I get to talk to people that get to do types of fishing that I had never even heard of before. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Like, and then I get really invested and I want to learn more. And then as you learn more about the type of fishing, you learn more about person because obviously they're telling you the story and you can make friends and make really cool connections pretty quickly in the fishing community, which is, which is really awesome. Jake Jubach is the Trout Unlimited Costa Five Rivers Community Engagement Intern. He recently graduated from Wilmington College in Ohio and is going to veterinary school at Mississippi State in June. He helps run the Fishing platform, which is the main social media page for Five Rivers clubs. He engages with the clubs nationwide, helping them organize events and share their stories. In this episode, we'll hear some fun fishing and veterinary stories from Jake and what he has done with Five Rivers. Please excuse background noises in portions of this episode. Jake was sitting outside when we were recording. I'm Linnea Turner, and you're listening to Emerging, the official podcast of Trout Unlimited, Costa's Five Rivers program, brought to you by Sims Fishing Products. Hey, Jake. What's going on? How's your weekend been? Well, it's not weekend anymore. I'm on spring break, so that's why it feels like a long weekend. Uh, I mean, I, I graduated in December, so it's, I felt like I've been on a long weekend for a while. True, true. Yeah, how's it but, been being uh, graduated and all? It's kind of crazy, actually. Like, some days I'm like, what am I doing? And then other days I'm like, I'm so glad I don't have to go to class. <laughs> true, true. So you're working on campus still or like, or what are you doing? No, I'm just at home. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Working on my farm here. Not doing anything too crazy. Gotcha. Nice. <laughs> Just finished hearing back from some of my vet schools. I got into Mississippi State and I got into Missouri. So, Oh, that's um, awesome. Congrats. That was cool. Last couple of weeks. Did you decide where but, to go? Yeah, I'm going to go to Mississippi State. Awesome. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Yeah. Mississippi State does some cool stuff with marine animals, too, that I'm really stoked about. So uh, one of the required rotations is two weeks in the Gulf, and you work with uh, sea turtles and dolphins. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited for that. And then what kind of animals do you have in your farm? You mentioned that you live on a farm. I have horses. Okay, that's fun. So that's kind of where my large animal interest lies. Okay, gotcha. Have you done some internships with like vet? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've worked thousands of hours in vet clinics. I worked in a small animal only hospital for eight months before I started college. And wow. then I worked at a mixed animal practice for two and a half years while I was in college. I, I liked them a lot. They were they were cool. I got to do, it, it was mostly small animals my first year, but then this last, this past year, we did a lot more large animal stuff because they hired a, a new doctor who did large animals more and he did his large animal stuff on Wednesdays. So I said, I'm coming in on Wednesdays and I'm going on the farm calls. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's cool. That's one way to do it. So I got, I got to go on a lot of farm calls this past semester. That was cool. I got to see a lot of, a lot more cattle than I ever have in my life. Oh, yeah, um, sure. And then I did an internship at a equine-only clinic two summers ago, and that was intense. Yeah? Like, how so? 
Oh, I was working 65 to 70 hours a week. Oh, wow. Um, and working like it was working hard too. So it, it was intense. We would uh, go to Indianapolis, Indiana and work at the Indiana State Fairgrounds Thursdays. And that was like a three hour drive to get there. So I, I would have to get to the clinic at 4 a.m., maybe 4.30 or 5, closer to. But I'd get there with uh, the other guy that worked with me. His name's John, and we'd load up the truck, and we'd get going, and we'd go pick up the doctor at a pilot gas station, you know, like a trucker pilot yeah, place. Yeah, We'd pick him up at a pilot. He'd leave. He'd just leave his truck there all day. <laughs> we'd pick him up. It's like 10 minutes away from his house, but 30 minutes away from the clinic. <laughs> and then he would make me or John drive, and I just preferred to drive in the morning. So I would drive three hours to Indiana, and we'd work from about 8.30 or 9 until close to 1, and then we'd leave there and we'd go hit two or three other farms in, in in Indiana and then we'd leave there and we'd go hit fairgrounds in Greenville, Ohio and we'd get there around 6 o'clock 7 o'clock in the evening and we'd work there for an hour or two and then we had a two hour drive back to the clinic from there oh my gosh so that's most a long of the time, day we, most of the time we didn't get back to the clinic until after 10 or 11 on Thursdays and then I had an hour drive home oh my gosh that's insane <laughs> <laughs> so I was getting to the clinic. I was leaving my house at 4 a.m. and getting home at 12 a.m. Jeez. <laughs> and then having to be back at the clinic at 6 a.m. the next day. Oh, my gosh. That's brutal. <laughs> because John, John and I would look at each other and go, we're not stocking the truck tonight. We'd go home and then we'd have to go to the clinic early the next morning to stock the truck for the next day. Oh, my gosh. Dang. <laughs> but it was worth it for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Did you see what kind uh, of crazy things did you see out there on the job? Anything? Really, really crazy. I got kicked by a horse. Oh, that's not fun. Oh, I got to see a lot of the top standard breads in Ohio, which was really cool. I got to work on world champion horses mm. in standard bread racing, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. I placed a V catheter on a horse, and the doctor come up to me afterward. He goes, "Good job, good stick with that one." He goes, "That was last year's horse of the year," and I just went, "Why didn't you tell me that?" He's like, "Well, I didn't want you to be nervous." <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that yeah that was cool and I, I wrote about it in my vet school essay I was like I said something along the lines of you know uh was my defining moment that I wanted to go to vet school working 65 hours a week at this clinic no not quite <laughs> but but it taught me the hard work and the work ethic and uh the t- determination that I needed to be successful in the profession and I was excited to go work under the top equine veterinarians in the state it taught me a lot even though it was a lot of work mm-hmm. I'm really appreciative of it yeah, that's pretty fun. It's yeah. awesome to get on yeah. like that good hands-on experience. That's really good for yeah, especially stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, good luck with all of your vet school stuff. It'll be really cool. Thanks, man. I'm really excited. But yeah, it's, that's that's been about it. I've been checking my email, you know, every couple hours while I've been home, and now I'm <laughs> done with school selection, so I don't know what to do. Sure, there you go. Now you can just relax for a while. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to the rendezvous at the end of this month and then the other rendezvous in April. So that'll. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I heard. Yeah. You'll be at mine in the Midwest. And then. Yeah. What's the other one? Is that like. That's out it's east. It's in Brevard, North Carolina. Yeah. That'll be really cool. So you're from Southeast Ohio. That's cool. So you went to school out there. Yeah. In the Hocking Hills area, Athens type area. I'm north of Athens. Most people have heard of Athens because of Joe Burrow, but uh, <laughs> I'm a little further north than that. But. Same geographic area. Okay, cool. And then do you fish out there or kind of 
What got you into Trout Unlimited? So a couple of years ago, my mom got me my first fly fishing combo for Christmas. Um, and I just, I fell in love with it and basically started doing everything fly fishing only. But around here, we don't have trout. We have bass, we have bluegill, we have uh, crappie, you know, a lot of panfish and, and bass essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, small mouth, large mouth. But I quit doing any sort of conventional tackle and just went to fly fishing only. And I just fell in love with it. So I decided I'm going to start a club. So I started a club at my uh, undergraduate institution, Wilmington College, which is in the southwest part of the state. Now I went from there, got involved with five rivers, and I've had a blast doing it. Yeah, that's super fun. What are the rivers like out by you guys? I've never never been out there. Or do you guys fish lakes? <laughs> um, kind of neither. <laughs> no, what? Um, there's only one. There's only one like really nice river. It's the Mad River, and it runs the western part of the state. And I've actually never been to the Mad. I'd really like to go. Um, I mostly just fish in creeks and small streams that run out of lakes and uh, different ponds in the area. But uh, there's a couple state parks in Wilmington that I, I fished at, and I like to take my club over there. Cowan Lake State Park, they have uh, it's a really nice lake, and then I fished out of the streams and the creeks that ran off of it. And then Caesar Creek Lake State Park is actually the deepest lake in the state. But again, I just fished out of the streams. Um, okay. But they have they, they have musky in that lake because it's so deep. So oh, wow, yeah. Pretty cool. Hmm, that is cool. Yeah, I kind of forget that you can fly fish for like things other than trout because I've only tried trout. And I mean, I haven't been super successful, but I've only tried <laughs> trout. <laughs> I, I got to go out to Montana last summer and do some actual real trout fly fishing. And that was it, it was unbelievable. It was, it was so much fun and such a difference from what I'm used to, which is bass and panfish. And sure. uh, I, I have a creek that's about 10 minutes away from my house uh, here and they just, they stock it with rainbows every end of October. Mm, I mean, those are, those are fun, but it's, it's just different out in Montana. It was different. The stockies, they're, they're not, not nearly as fun. Sure. Yeah, no, that's fair. What are some of the coolest, like biggest fish you've caught? Have they been trout or other, other types? I mean, the biggest fish I've ever caught was actually in Alaska, not fly fishing though. Okay. Um, I caught a, Four foot king salmon. It was about fifty pounds. Maybe wow. more than that. I don't remember. I feel like they'd be well. That's I mean that's a I heavy fish. <laughs> I think it's more than that, but uh, I wrote it down somewhere. But um, <laughs> yeah, that that was really fun. We were out with with a guide out there in Alaska on the Kenai and Kasloff Rivers. We were on the Kasloff River that day, and our guide he was pretty close to my age. He was a young guy, and he said, "Oh, so you're from Ohio?" He goes, "I get all the, you know a bunch of guys from that way." And they're just used to bass fishing, right? You bass fish. Like, yeah, yeah, bass fish. He goes, okay, when you feel something, don't set the hook like a bass. Because, you know, when you set a hook on a bass, it's it's aggressive and it's it's hard. Okay. He goes, you'll, you'll rip the hook right out of their mouth. With salmon, with trout, he goes, you'll rip it right out of their mouth. Hmm. He goes, so don't set the hook. I said, okay, I won't set the hook. <laughs> Sitting there and all of a sudden I feel something on my rod and I just set that hook as hard as I possibly could. <laughs> pure instinct and our guide in the back of the boat just screamed no it was too late damage was done Uh, but i had hooked him and we went from there it took me about probably 15 minutes to uh get him into the boat oh wow and it was a blast my dad took a video like the last eight and a half minutes of it so you can just see me you know pulling back and forth on this thing and the battle it was but that that was an excellent excellent experience out there 
Yeah, I can. I can't even imagine. That sounds super cool. That's a massive fish. On a fly rod, the biggest fish I've caught was a largemouth bass, and it was just a largemouth bass. So it wasn't that big in comparison to a king salmon. <laughs> but it was on my it was on my first fly rod, which was just a Bass Pro Shop, you know, starter kit. And this bass was so big, and I. I didn't know quite what I was doing yet, uh, fly fishing, that <laughs> and I actually snapped the rod tip. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I, I landed it, and I, that was a blast. But I, I, I dedicated to learning a lot more about fly fishing and tackle and, you know, how to actually set my rod up properly after that. Sure. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, more or less, you're kind of like a newer fly angler too, right? Yeah, just in the last uh, three or four years. That's that's about it. Okay. Yeah, how did it go starting the club and everything? Like, what year did you start that? I started the club in the spring semester of 2021. So that was my sophomore year. And it went pretty well. It was, it was a pretty smooth transition. I just kind of went to my local student government. I went in the office. I went in, went to a student government meeting. And I said, guys, I want to start a club. How do I go about it? And they said, here you go. This is this is what you got to do. I made a constitution. I made a budget. We went rock and rolling with it. And then the tough part was actually recruiting people. Oh, yeah. I know the struggle. Um, <laughs> But I think we did pretty good. We were at a really, really small undergraduate school, less than a thousand students, Mm -hmm. only 600 that live on campus. But all in all, I'd say that we got maybe around 20 people that are actively interested and, you know, wanting to participate in activities. So I was pretty proud of that. That was like a two and a half year struggle to get that many people interested. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, my club and we've got like about 10,000 students has maybe 10 like active members you know (laughs) so it's kind of a struggle i get it (laughs) we're kind of trying to reboot this year so we were actually able to last spring spring 2022 we had one of the most successful events out of all campus clubs all year it was sponsored by yeti and tu and costa and the whole deal yeti gave us a cooler to give away and some cups to give away costa gave us some shirts to give away we did a cleanup at Cowan Lake State Park, and I think we had maybe 30 or 40 people showed up to that event and all took a trash bag out, all filled up a trash bag, which in hindsight is actually kind of sad that we were able to get that much trash, but it was really, really great right, in right. the moment mm-hmm. uh, that we were able to do this and make an impact, and I'm I'm really proud of that because I worked hard to coordinate that and, and to get that many people involved was, was really amazing. I went to the honors director and I said, how can we get the honor students points for this? I went to the director of the fraternities and I said, how can we get the Greek students some kind of points for this? Oh, I, sure. I went to I went to the RAs and I said, how can we how can we make this a community service hall event for your residents? Sure. You know, and I went around to every different point of contact that I could think of. And I think we were we were really successful with it. And I, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, that's really awesome. Sounds like a lot of work, but also sounds like it paid off. So that's good. It was rewarding for sure. So what other kinds of events do you guys have you will have you done? We did a lot of fly tying type events. We did casting lessons. We've done just general meet and greet and talk about fly fishing because most people don't even know what it is and not even heard of it. So Mm -hmm. then then you get that question of, well, well, what's fly fishing? And you sit there and you go, I don't really know how to explain this like (laughs) like properly with words. You have to to show somebody. So I've had times where I just sit down and, and we... 
uh, watch the Orvis Guide to Fly Fishing videos as, as a club, or we just like go on YouTube and, and look up, you know, how to do a roll cast or how, how to efficiently cast with the wind or things like that, that, you know, beginners might want to know. I, th- I think people like that, but people really, really like the fly tying events. I had some good turnout at that. Um, even if they didn't even want to fish, they just like the kind of arts and craft, quote unquote. Sure. Yeah. No, I get that. Fly tying is. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to do some more of those events. And I know, yeah, a lot of fly fishing clubs obviously do that, especially during the winter when you can't fish in general. Yeah, we we partnered with Montana State last fall and we did a joint fly tying night with Montana State that I did also with Five Rivers. And so myself and Brooklyn Hunt, she's a co-president of Montana State's Fly Fishing Club. We organized this event and then we put on a... Uh, fun event for our club members and then anybody else across the country who wanted to join. And we had a uh, four or five different clubs that I think joined, joined us for that. And they had big groups uh, each respectively. We did competitions um, in Brooklyn, had an idea that we executed. That was really fun. It was basically like the mystery bag. You just had a mystery bag of some kind of random material or something like that. And they had to reach in, grab and whatever they got, whether it be, a gum wrapper or, uh, you know, an old toothpaste container. They mm-hmm. like try and tie a fly with that. And it oh, was just wow. something silly that I think people had a lot of fun with. Yeah, that is really fun. That's a good idea. To start it, I did a woolly bugger demo. And let me tell you, that was probably the most nervous I've ever been tying a woolly bugger. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, I really hope I don't screw up in front of all these people. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's funny. So do you like tying flies yourself a lot then? Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. It's a good way to pass the time, especially um, in the winter when I can't really fish around here for my warm water bass and panfish and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And when, you know, there's a couple feet of snow outside. I've actually gotten into tying flies with feathers that I've gotten off of birds from uh, upland shooting. Oh, really? Um, Well, that's cool. What kind of birds? That's been cool. I've got some chucker and some pheasant and some quail and and tied flies uh, with all those. Yeah, that's super cool. It's the whole, like, you know, I, I shot the bird and then I tied the fly using the feather from the bird and then I catch a fish with that fly. It's, it's just cool. I, I tied a fly the other day. I tied a nymph using hair from one of my horse's manes. Oh, wow. That's cool. That was, it was, it was pretty cool. And it, I've actually caught fish on it. So I was super excited about that. Yeah, that's really exciting, especially catching fish. On I was, yeah, I was just, I was brushing my horse and I'm like, huh, I bet I could use this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's how they did it, you know, when they didn't, you couldn't just buy materials from the fly shop, you used what you had. Yeah, so that was, that was cool. You, you know, I, I got into tying flies last spring, and the first time I caught one, caught a bass on um, fly I tied, I was, I was ecstatic. It was like the feeling of your first fish on a fly rod, but like, it, it was different, and it was almost better, because I, I felt so achieved in that mm-hmm. moment, even though it was, it was a poorly tied woolly bugger, <laughs> but still, it still If it works, worked. it works, Yeah. <laughs> And it made me pretty happy. So then when I went to Montana, I took a couple of flies that I tied for myself and I was bound and determined I was going to catch a native cutthroat West Slope trout on a fly that I tied. I was bound and determined. Yeah. So anytime we had any extra time, whether it was at lunch and everybody else was eating or if it was after dinner and everybody else was getting ready for bed, I was over there by the river <laughs> and I was going to catch a trout yeah. on a fly that I tied. And I ended up being successful. And That's good. Uh, that, was, <laughs> that was really cool. That is really cool. <laughs> That's funny. But I had uh, 
waited across. Everybody was at lunch and I had waited across the river. I was on the other side of the river, nobody else around me. And I finally hooked up to one and I had realized I didn't bring a net with me. And so then it was just sheer panic on how to land it and, and do it ethically and not hurt the fish at the same time, not let it get off because it didn't have a net. It was, it was a process, but I got it landed and it was really cool. And that was a cutthroat, you said? Or what kind yeah. of? Okay, yeah, that's super awesome. So you got your club started and then that you partnered with a Five Rivers program. So like you initiated that process? Yeah, yeah. This, this is actually the funny part. I, I think I had just finished studying for an organic chemistry exam. Okay. Uh, it was like two o'clock in the morning and I was, I don't know why, but I just kind of like looked up like fly fishing competitions. Like I was curious as if like if there was like, because uh, I, I know the college bass tour has competitions across the country and that's all you know conventional tackle one of my friends is on the bass team at ohio state and so i was just curious i said i wonder if there's something like that for fly fishing so i just looked up college fly fishing you know whatever and i come across a really really old web page that was for tu five rivers and it had an email for a contact on it and i was like i'm just gonna send an email it's like two <laughs> o'clock in the morning <laughs> i sent the email and, and the next day i got a call from the five rivers coordinator and i was actually out fishing when i got the call and we talked for 10 or 15 minutes figured out how to set the club, how to get it partnered with Five Rivers. And then it was actually that next day that I went to my student government and said, yeah, I want to start this club. Okay. So I was actually involved with Five Rivers before I started the club. Oh, that's interesting. That's cool. And then who did you contact with Five Rivers? Was that before Libby, I'm assuming? That yeah, point? it was. Yeah. Okay. Lib- Libby took over the summer the summer after. So I started in spring 2021 and she took over summer 2021. Okay. Got you. So what are you doing for Trout Unlimited now? What's your like, what's your little official title? Um, I think Libby's calling me the community engagement intern. That sounds right. Something I know it's something with engagement. That, I yeah. <laughs> I think it's that. But essentially, I'm running the fly.fishing platform, which for anybody that doesn't know, that's basically our own social media that we have for Five Rivers. And all the clubs are supposed to be on it. And that's really what everybody is being encouraged to use as our main form of communication between clubs and so it's really cool because we have clubs all across the country on it and like i said earlier i did a co-sponsored event with montana state university and we were able to run that through fly.fishing and get other clubs involved even though i'm in ohio brooklyn's in montana and all those other clubs are anywhere else Mm -hmm. and so my job as the community engagement intern is exactly that as I'm supposed to do things to get everybody on flight out fishing and get them involved and get them excited about what's going on you know running events doing giveaways um, getting people on the platform and using the platform and excited about the platform and sharing because that's really what we're trying to do is get clubs to share what they're doing for other people to see right yeah Um, so that's been pretty fun. I, I've really enjoyed it. I, I get messages from, you know, club presidents about, hey, I want to do this. Uh, is there anybody in the area, you know, you, you could help set me up with? You know, I, I do my best to get them coordinated with whatever they're trying to do. A lot of the times that's me emailing Libby and saying, hey, you got any ideas? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Then I'm also, you know, helping people out when it comes to any other questions that they have about Five Rivers. You know, a, a lot of those questions I can answer, whether it's about like the rendezvous that are upcoming or if they have questions about events or giveaways or things like that i can usually answer most of those questions um one of the best things i thought we did in the fall semester with my internship was i ran a club spotlight throughout the month of october and essentially what we did was 
had different clubs and it was open to anybody. Anybody could participate. But basically they would send me their highlight reel, whatever they wanted to spotlight about their club, whether it be their local water that they really love to fish, whether it be the local fish that they catch, whether it be the events they've done, the the community service things that they've done. And they would send that to me and I would help compile it and then I would post it and say, hey, here is, for example, my own. I said, here's Wilmington College's club spotlight. And I just gave a rundown of all the things that we were really excited about as a club and was able to share that for anybody else to see. And I think that was a lot of fun because we had a lot of clubs uh, get involved in that. And there were even some clubs that hadn't even started yet that said, hey, we want to get involved in this. And I Mm -hmm. said, "Okay, let's go. And they gave me some information about their upstart, what they're doing, what they're planning. And I said, all right, here's the club spotlight on uh, this club that's getting ready to start. Check it out, guys. Yeah, no, that was was a lot of fun. And then the other events you've hosted kind of on fly dive fishing, you've done some like tines, right? And then a few other kind of like large meetings, I guess, too. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you and I have both helped with like our kickoff meetings and and things like that. I just kind of do some other things to help Libby make sure everything's running smoothly with that kind of stuff. Yeah, how did the virtual fly tie night go that you guys did, I think, last semester, right? Yeah, that's that's the one we did with Montana State, and I think that was um, a really, really big hit, honestly. You think you'll do something like that again this semester? Yeah, we're, we're actually looking into it. I think uh, this semester we want to highlight a lot of the rendezvous stuff. Okay. Um, but we were looking into doing some other events just to, you know, keep everybody else engaged because obviously not everybody's going to be able to go to those rendezvous. Right, yeah. I saw, I think, one of your more recent posts where you, like, asking kind of other people's inputs on what kind of events they wanted to do. That was actually both. Oh, that, that was, post, okay. But he and I are, are, are working together to see what we can do for the platform. So um, the information that he gathers, we're going to kind of share and figure out what works best and what people want to see and how we can how we can uh, accomplish that. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. So what made you want to apply for this internship? I just I really liked the the vibe of everybody involved. I really liked the Five Rivers community and I I really really like fly fishing. So I was like, "Huh, there's an internship. I'm just going to apply for it and see what happens." <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's very similar to me too. That's awesome. At the time, the only uh position was the comms intern, which is yours obviously Mm -hmm. and i said all right well i'll just apply for that and libby actually called me a couple weeks later and said hey we're not going to do the comms internship but i think i got something else for you and then that's when this position was essentially created and we've been going from there yeah that's awesome because that's definitely an important role too because like yeah i don't really use fight off fishing like at all because it's just another thing (laughs) that i have to post on so i'd rather not but it's a super good engagement tool so yeah what's what's been some of your favorite parts about working with chat unlimited Honestly, like I know I sound like a broken record, but what I just said is that that community atmosphere and being able to share my stories and my thoughts and being able to hear other people's stories and their thoughts about just uh, anything fishing. And, you know, I get to talk to people that get to do types of fishing that I had never even heard of before. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Like, and then I get really invested and I want to learn more. And then as you learn more about the type of fishing, you learn more about person because obviously they're telling you the story and you can make friends and make really cool connections pretty quickly in the fishing community, which is which is really awesome. We, we had our spring kickoff call a few weeks ago and and there was an alumni there from Ole Miss, and he talked about how he started his fly fishing club and got partnered with Five Rivers uh, there at Ole Miss. And so I sent him a message uh, on Zoom, and, and I said, hey, I, I'm thinking I'm going to end up in Mississippi for veterinary school next year. You know, what, what could you tell me about fishing in Mississippi? 
He says, here's my phone number. Give me a call. So I called go. him and yeah. we talked for 30 or 40 minutes just about different places to fish near Mississippi State um, in the Mississippi Gulf Coast and a place in Alabama that's close to Mississippi, a uh, place in Arkansas where he guides right now. And that was just really cool because I was like, you know, I was just saying, hey, can you give me some tips? I'm probably going to end up down there. And he, get, he he went above and beyond, gave me a call, was super excited to talk to me about fly fishing in the area and in the Gulf Coast and around where I'm going to be. And that was really, really cool. I think that's just one of the small examples of the overall community and overall stoke that you get from being a part of Five Rivers and being a part of this fly fishing community. Oh, yeah, definitely. I totally agree. Same thing with me, too. Um, I made a connection out with in Colorado with the TU chapter coordinator out there. And yeah, she gave me a call, too. And we talked about just kind of the area and how I could get involved with Trout Unlimited out there. So there's just so many people spread out amongst the states that would love to talk to other anglers and help them out. That's super cool. Yeah, and it's really cool to see college-aged anglers, too, because, you know, most people don't think about fly fishing and and think about 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds out there doing it. But it's really cool to make those connections and be like, hey, you're my age. You're doing the same thing. We We can connect about this. Right. Yeah, that's true. What have been some of the, like, most active clubs out on fly dot fishing? Oh, um, Clemson's really active. Uh, Montana State, obviously, is super active. University of Georgia, they're they're killing it down there. They just won that award last year from Trout Unlimited, and it was the first time a Five Rivers club has won an award uh, from Trout Unlimited, and it was some sort of community service thing, but they're, they're killing it down there in Georgia. I've had a lot of communication with them, and I know that they're pretty active. They, they like to participate in whatever's going on. Uh, so that's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. It's good to hear that clubs are using it. My club is not, but <laughs> someday we will use it more. You should. Get on that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I should, but I've tried. There's still like a learning curve to it slightly. Well, I mean, it's not that hard to use, Yeah. but it's just like, like, what do you do on it? You know, that kind of thing. But yeah, do you think, do you have anything else to add about fishing, vet school, Trout Unlimited? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how... I'm going to be able to fly fish while I'm in vet school. That's oh, my big yeah. concern right now. Yeah, I feel like yeah, vet school will keep you pretty busy, I'm sure. Starting in June, my my fly fishing activity is probably going to drop off to almost none, and I'm really sad about that. Yeah, dang. How long will you be in vet school? Four years. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's a commitment. Yeah, yep. So... There's, there's some local places. Like I said, I talked to that guy, uh, an alum at Ole Miss, and even though I'll be at Mississippi State, they're, they're about two and a half hours away, but he gave me some tips for in the area. I'm excited to try them when I have some free time. Sure. Yeah, that'll be super cool. What kind of fish can you catch down there, though? What did you hear? Uh, actually, a lot of the same types of fish that I'm used to fishing, bass, panfish, up in the inland area. You can chase reds down in the Gulf Coast, which is, he, he said he does some some guiding down in the Gulf Coast, chasing redfish. So I think that'd be cool if I get an opportunity to go down there. That'd be something different. But luckily, a lot of it's the same as what I'm used to. So I'll be able to, I won't have to relearn English again. Yeah, that'll be cool though. If I'm ever in the area, I'll have to look you up and go fishing with you. <laughs> for sure. Hopefully, hopefully I find some spots. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it's been great talking to you and catching up. We don't, we honestly don't talk that much, even though we're, you know, in the same program. We just <laughs> don't cross paths super I often. Our, our internships are like, they're so different. It, it kind of makes it difficult sometimes. Right. Yeah. Just sometimes when I have to post on flat out fishing and then you just <laughs> post it again kind of thing. That's about it. I just make sure everybody looks at it, man. Yeah, exactly. That's all we need, you know, <laughs> but sweet. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Jake. 
I appreciate you having me. It's been a lot of fun being able to share my story. Jake has been doing some great work on fly dot fishing, keeping our clubs engaged. We are both excited for the rendezvous coming up over the next few months. Keep updated with other Five River events on our Instagram at TU Costa Five Rivers. This season is hosted and edited by me, Lenaya Turner. The music is made by the Wright Brothers. If you have any questions, feel free to send them to fiverivers at tu.org. We hope you enjoy the show and thanks for listening.